What's good, everyone? Before we start the episode, I want to share with you a unique financial strategy that savvy docs are using to purchase real estate. Now, even if you are starting with single family homes, or you might even be in the big leagues trying to get 20, 50, or even 100 unit complexes, this strategy might be for you. Other benefits are it can help you grow your wealth tax free, and it also protects you from the bad guys. I'm talking about the creditors and the lawsuits. Now, I took the time to learn about how this strategy works, and I think it can help you optimize your investing also. I want you to check out moneyinsights.net forward slash Darko and click on the investment optimizer link to learn more. All right. Three, two, one. We are live. Ready to do this? Ready. All right. So we are going to be talking about what happens once your offer gets accepted, which for us, it got accepted. Yep. And we are in the process of negotiations or we are negotiating. Mm -hmm. We're even past that now. So let's talk about what it's like. After your offer has been accepted. Basically when shit gets real. So we ended up putting in an offer about $20,000 less than what the asking price was. Mm -hmm. And we beat out multiple offers and we got it. Yep. (laughs) So either we pay too high. But the numbers worked. We were the suckers that got it. Right, right. (laughs) The numbers worked, though. Come on. Like, Mm -hmm. the numbers work, whether we got it at the asking price or if we got it at the price that we got, that we ended up getting it. So we shouldn't worry too much about that. We did our due diligence. Mm -hmm. And then let's be real. Like, if we wait for the perfect price, the perfect house to come on the market, we're going to be waiting forever. Yeah. And they always say, like, if you wait for something perfect, you're never going to get started. Yeah. We wanted to get started. And we knew that the first deal wasn't going to be perfect. Yeah. But it works at the very least. And that's what's most important. So this might not be the million dollar deal, but it's still a good deal. So. Will we ever get to that point where we're making million dollar deals? I hope so. I mean, that's the whole point of this, you know, starting this journey. Yeah, I, th- I think the cool so, thing yeah, is. I mean, I think the answer is yes to that. You know, what's interesting is like I've been watching like these YouTube videos of guys or people who are. You know, they start off with like zero net worth. Mm -hmm. And then in two years, three years, you know, they already have a million dollars worth of net worth. The majority of that is the properties that they purchased. Like you remember on Bigger Pockets, that waitress from Detroit. The $20,000 a year waitress now over a million dollars. Because she's invested in Detroit and the housing there is on the rise up. But she's been able to get really great deals. All in two years, two, three years. Yeah, her story is really phenomenal. Amazing. Story is really phenomenal. Yeah. Well, listen, so now we had to put a deposit in. So we had to put $1,000 of earnest money in into an escrow. Mm-hmm. That basically is money to show that we are serious, right? Yeah. Put up or shut up type money. Yep. If we're going to take this off the market, you better be able to put up $1,000. Yeah. Yeah. This house is going off the market. Then you better show that you're serious. So we put in our $1,000 to show that we are serious. And yeah, the next step was. The next step now we got to figure out like, what's the deal? What's the inner workings of the house? Right. Right. So we have all of these contingencies. One of the contingencies of moving forward and actually purchasing this property is that after the house is inspected, we get a report and then we make a decision. Is this something that we want to move forward in? Right. right. Is this going to be a money pit? We're going to want to walk away. Or is it something that we can deal with and mitigate or. You know, is it a perfect house, which is rarely the case. Yeah. So, well, we started out with a little bit of timeline. So we said that 
after we got it accepted, the offer was accepted, we have five days to put down our deposit, right? And then we actually had to pick a closing date, right? So the closing is supposed to be in three months. And then, but what's supposed to happen first is that we are supposed to go through these contingencies and we only have 20 days. We only had 20 days to do the contingencies. And one of the contingencies was inspection. Yeah, let's focus on that for this episode is the inspection. Yeah, it was the inspection. So I don't know about anybody else out there, but I... (laughs) I didn't know anything about the inspection process. I just wanted to know, is this house literally, like you said, a money pit or not? Yeah, I did an inspection when I had my property that we talked about in the first episode. As part of the purchasing process, you had to get the house inspected. But because it was a quote unquote new construction, plus I was a resident at the time, like I didn't have time to really go through everything. And for the most part, it was a new construction. There really wasn't anything to be worried about. That was my first and only experience with getting a house inspected. This is different, right? This is a house that was built in the 50s, I believe, or maybe no, even earlier. This is 100 years old. There you go. <laughs> so there's way more stuff that you got to be cognizant of, right? Way more stuff, yeah. right? This is a property that's, you know, six people are living in at least. We want to make sure that when we're purchasing something that it's not going to be a situation where we need to do major renovations from the get-go. Otherwise, it's not going to be worth it. So the next thing was trying to find an inspector. Right. So funny enough, we read some articles about how to find an inspector. And we eventually ended up finding an inspector through our real estate agent, which some of the articles are like, don't do that. But what happened was when we were looking for an inspector, the inspector that we picked happened to be the one that the real estate agent recommended to us. So we kind of did our own kind of research but then ended up with the same person anyway. Plus with COVID, you know, it's just hard to find people doing things, especially because they're all either they are busy with work or they may be sick. Right. Or they have crews that are affected by COVID. It was just really hard to find someone who can, within the time span, do the inspection for us. Yeah, the services are limited. But yeah, so we ended up finding an inspector. And (laughs) speaking of... (laughs) So this process is definitely not, you know, something that's straightforward and smooth because, of course, once we found the inspector, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be going on vacation right around the time that our contingency was going to be over. Anyway, we ended up doing the inspection, but it just was a little bit of an ordeal because, like me said, there are six people living in the house. You got to find time for all six people to agree for the inspector to go through the house. We eventually found that time, even though it took a while. And yeah, he ended up doing the inspection. The inspection included radon, but he had to do that on another day, which was fine. He didn't do any lead testing. So if you're thinking about an inspector, you got to find out what they do and what they don't do and what you want them to do. So we were okay with not doing the lead testing, just kind of based on the property. But yeah, everything thankfully worked out before the contingency period was over. How long did it take? Because I think you were there for the inspection, right? Yeah, the inspection. So when we finally got on the day of inspection, and I do recommend, actually, if you've never done this before, that you actually go to the inspection. But it took a good three, four hours. So, I mean, it was a big chunk of the day. So, yeah, we had to go through every single apartment. Two of the apartments actually 
that I ended up going to were two of the apartments that we did not get to see on the day that we did the first visit for the house. So that was interesting. But yeah. So that was the back house you got to see. That was the rear house that we got to see. And then one of the apartments in the main building. So the apartment in the main building, one of them, or at least one that you didn't get a chance to see when you finally saw during inspection, what it looked like. Immaculate. I mean, this place, this guy, he's a single guy. He keeps his house so immaculate. I'm like, wow. I went in there. I didn't touch anything. Not like I was going to touch anything anyway, but immaculate. It was amazing. But I will say this about majority of the tenants in that place. Their places are pretty well kept. When I first walked through that, I thought, Everybody. Yeah. I just say within normal right. usage right. of a place, you know. Yeah. I was happy about that. Yeah. That's reassuring to me. Especially when you look at our place and you're just like, wait, <laughs> everybody lives just like us. <laughs> right. You know? So that was good. The rear house, I did finally get to see. Now, the rear house is a little bit of a different story. So there's two buildings. There's a main building that has five apartments. And then there's a rear house that's literally a single family house, like a two story single family house. And that apartment ain't so immaculate. (laughs) It's not so much dirty, but it's cluttered. Yeah, she has a lot of stuff. Yes. And like literally stuff. Yes. Everywhere. Yeah. Almost a fire hazard stuff. So that was the only thing. I mean, she has stuff like spilling into the backyard. So. Yeah. Anyway, once I got into that house, there was some water damage. The bathroom had a leak as well. So that kind of came up during the inspection period as well. You know, thankfully, the inspector was able to get around the clutter and get everything that he needed. So that worked out as well. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, three or four hours for the inspection, I would say. So if you're going to plan to do an inspection, plan for at least that much, at least for that big of a house. Right. And he wasn't able to do a really complete inspection of the back house, right? That back single unit, because there was just so much stuff all over the place. So he wasn't able to look at the bottoms of the walls. Right. In some areas that we were just kind of like, right. But for the main, main things, things that I think that were going to be like deal breakers, I think he was able to see. So yeah, I like wasn't no, too like concerned. No knobbing, tubing, right. knobbing tube, whatever. I still the electrical that. stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah, all that stuff, piping. He was able to see all of that. That worked out really well. Hey, Docs. If you're a real estate investor, or even if you're aspiring to become one, then you know one of the biggest challenges is finding the best way to save for that initial down payment. And then after that, figuring out where to park money between deals. That's why it's so important to build an opportunity fund. In other words, you need a place to efficiently save money for that perfect investment property. In my experience, most people just end up using a savings or checking account to keep money liquid, but we all know banks ain't given no interest and there's absolutely no tax benefits. So here's the deal. I've recently learned about a solution to this problem. In fact, hundreds of savvy docs right now have already turned to this strategy from the folks at Money Insights. They call it the investment optimizer and it grows your money tax-free at a compounding rate without volatility. And it protects your money from creditors and lawsuits. Make sure to check out the Investment Optimizer video at moneyinsights.net forward slash Darko. Or you can text the keyword Darko to 31996. 
So then we got the report. Yeah. How long did it take now? It took, I can't remember, to go from when he finished the inspection to when we got the report. What, what was the turnaround? Um, it wasn't long. I don't remember. I want to say between three and five days. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. He didn't, it was he less did, than a week. Yeah, he was pretty quick. Now, let me tell you, this report is so very detailed. And it is a lot of pages. A lot of pages. And it has pictures. It has, you know, just descriptions. It has like a rubric of the condition of the house and the things that are in the house. So, now, like, you, you know. using big words? What is a rubric? Everybody know what a rubric is. I didn't know what a rubric was until you described it to me. Really? I literally was thinking like a Rubik's Cube. Like, oh, you mean Rubik's? Not Rubik's. Rubric. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Basically a gradient, right? Basically like on a scale from, you know, this to this, how good is the condition of the house or this particular component of the house? So, you know, how good is the water heater? So, you know, is it in great condition? Is it in poor condition and need to be repaired? And everything in between there. You know, he graded pretty much everything in the house that way and took a lot of pictures so that we could see exactly what we were talking about. And so we went through the report. It took a couple of days for us to go through the report. But ultimately, like for me, whenever I'm looking at a report like that, well, this is my third inspection. Mm -hmm. This is together our second inspection. What I'm looking for is like, Something that says, like, this needs to be fixed immediately. I'm yeah. just looking for what's the worst case scenario. Let me go through the page. I'm flipping through. I'm flipping through. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's acceptable. That's average. Right. I'm looking for something that's like danger, 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 danger. Yeah. And the we red didn't flags. see that. Yeah. We didn't Which see anything that like, were red what? flags. Yeah. So that was good. There were things that did need to be fixed, though. So things that we were just like, mm, you probably should fix this before you sell this house. Because <laughs> I ain't paying for that. So we went, <laughs> we, 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 did go, we did have to supply the report actually to the seller. So we did have to supply the report to the seller. And then we asked for certain things to be fixed. And he fixed about $3,000 worth of stuff and then gave us $1,000 back or will be giving us $1,000 back at closing. So not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah. And the $3,000 went to things. They weren't red flags, but they were things that... That needed to be fixed. Need to be fixed. So yeah. we're happy and about that. And by him, because it's his property. And I'm like, dude, you selling this property. You need to fix this first. Yeah, nothing aesthetic, right? Like, ooh, you know, it'd be nice adding a balcony. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. But overall, the property was in really good condition. Yeah, we said that earlier. That's the one of the things that attracted us to it was yeah. kind of like a little gem. Right. right. And the situation with the tenants is not bad either. Yeah. So far. So those repairs actually have to be done before we close. Right. So now we're probably at like two and a half months or so since then or whatever, since we got our offer accepted. So he has about that time to get everything done. And then we can basically ask for the contractor. The contractor has to guarantee the work to be done because you might be asking like, you know, he's not just going to, you know, put a stick of gum on the leak and say it was fixed. So, you know, we can request that the contractor, that we are able to get the information of the contractor and have that work guaranteed. And then also there was a roofing issue. So when we went to look at the property, the roof was being repaired. So that's another thing that the roof has to be repaired before we close. I think it could be a dicey situation. 
going from how do you look at this report and this inspection and what do you determine from the inspection needs to be fixed versus what's being nitpicky? Because his job is to look at everything that could be an issue and not everything that's an issue necessarily, if you want to, but not necessarily everything needs to get fixed by the seller. Right. Right. Everything could be like, ah, you know, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't think we want to get that fixed. Like things like a portion of the siding of the house went all the way down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that wasn't that big of a deal. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that we did a good job in finding, okay, these are the things that need to be fixed before we even touch this property. And we always had the contingency of if we couldn't agree on this, we would we'd walk plug. away. Pull the plug and walk, mm-hmm. walk away from it. Yeah. I think by the time we were at this point, we would have lost $1,000 yes. in earnest money. So that's one thing to keep in mind. But I think that, you know, we're feeling good. We're in a good place. Yeah. Now, by the way, we didn't talk about the fact that you have to pay for the inspection. So yeah. on top of the $1,000, I think this particular inspection put us back about $850. And it was expensive because he had to look at so many different apartments. Yeah. Because it was, it was a, a bigger family place. house. Yeah. You know, the price is way different versus yeah. looking at six different units. Yeah. In two different buildings. Yeah. The price is going up. So far in this real estate venture, we paid $1,000, right? We paid $850. Don't forget the first inspection <laughs> that we paid for that didn't end up in us buying the house, but we had to pay for that inspection also. That put us back like, what, $300? I think we're going to have to figure out a way to get the houses inspected that's not going to set us back so much. So I think we're going to have to figure out a way. And if anybody's listening and you know of or have any ideas of how much an inspection should really cost, particularly on a multi-unit, like I'm talking about two units or more, hit us up, let us know. Because we're actually, we really are interested in that. We don't know. You know, I don't think we're getting ripped off because we asked around. Right. But also at the same time, like if you're looking at multiple places and you want to get them inspected, does that mean that we're formally getting them inspected before, you know, we make an offer or after we make an offer? This, it could be. Right. In other words, when do we actually do the inspection? The other thing that I would argue is kind of like what we did for the last inspection, right? Remember the last inspection with the crazy house? Oh, yeah. With the old electrical work. Yeah. With the old electrical work and the, and the tenant and the issues. And the tenant. And- right. So I think, you know, in that particular scenario, Because we told him, listen, don't inspect this house anymore. We'll do is we'll promise you that the next one, you know, we'll give to you. Basically, we have to know how to make deals with people, right? So if we say, hey, listen, we plan on buying so many houses. If you want to work out a deal with us, what we'll do is we'll have you inspect all the houses, but at a discounted price for us, that would work. Yeah, and actually, correction, we didn't spend 300 on the first place. We spent 125 or Oh, was it 125 Yeah, because we stopped him so early. Okay. I couldn't remember how he much didn't do it was. Much, and he didn't put out a report for the first right. place. Right, he didn't put out a report. Yeah, so that's he right. didn't charge us that much. Okay, so that's even better then. But yeah, I think it's two things, right? It's one, finding a good inspector that, two, you can then potentially negotiate with, like, hey, listen, you know, you want to be my inspector that's going to be, you know, looking at all these houses. So you almost guarantee him work. And then number three, picking houses, starting to get a really good eye for houses so that you're not sending him to houses that are going to be like the first house, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) don't stop inspecting this house because it doesn't really look that good. But that's tough when you are far away. 
It is. But that's where building a team is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, what we learned from Kenji and Letty's course is building a team is really important because of the agent. And if you have a relationship with an agent and a contractor, you can go by and take a look at a... Get an agent you trust. At a realistic cost that doesn't hurt the bank too much Mm -hmm. so that they can look at multiple places and it doesn't add up too much, then it should be worth it. Right. So look, let's wrap this up because we still got a lot to go through. But let's wrap this up. Let's talk about what we learned. For me, my standpoint is, is look, I think it's really easy to get intimidated by the whole process, particularly this inspection process, because besides screwing in a light bulb and, you know, turning some screws and a couple of things, I'm not that handy. I can cut grass. I can do landscaping. You can do surgery. I I can do surgery. (laughs) But I ain't messing with nothing electrical. I don't know anything about anything electrical. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about plumbing. Don't ask me about any of that stuff. I'm not really interested. But actually, I should start to get more yeah, interested in that. Yeah, I mean, you don't that. know anything about plumbing. You're a surgeon. You're butts and guts. No, I don't know anything about that stuff. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. But we should get involved in that because, you know, it's important. I think it will end up saving us money in the future also. But the key thing is just, look, let's not get intimidated by this, right? And people who are listening, don't get intimidated by this. Like, just like what you said, the fact that I'm a surgeon, you're OB, whoever's listening, whatever specialty you're in. Remember, like, if you can do that, you definitely can understand the guts of a house and figure out. You don't have to know everything, but you just need to be able to speak the same lingo as the realtor, the seller, and now your inspector also. So it's okay to make mistakes. We have made some mistakes so far, and we're being really open and honest about how much we're paying for things. And some of you may be shaking your head saying, oh, to pay too much. But we understand that, and we're not you know, we're not stopping. We're going to keep going. Yeah, until we learn this thing and we are as efficient with our time and our money as possible. And this ain't medicine, right? Like, I want people to understand, like, this is not medicine. Like, you know how, like, you can't make any mistakes whatsoever. Yeah. And if you make a mistake, then something bad's going to happen. It's going to be an M&M and people are going to be looking back now. Doctor, so so why'd you do X, Y, and Z? Or yeah. what? This doesn't yeah. happen in real estate. You know, obviously there's an opportunity to debrief and look, how can you do things better? But nobody's going to die. Right. If you make a mistake. Right. So, well, a mistake purchasing the house, right. obviously. A mistake purchasing the house, right. of course. Right. Absolutely. Now, for me, you know, what I learned in this is that you are nobody's priority. <laughs> that things will happen when they happen. And, you know, it's just something that you have to kind of deal with. Right. Like kind of like what Nee said, you know. In medicine, we expect, I want the lab now. I want it stat. You know, I want this lab drawn by 2 a.m. I want, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like things are very, very timely. And so even though I know in real estate things are supposed to be timely, they're very arbitrarily timely, right? Like, so you pick a closing, you know, in three months. Like that's very arbitrary. (laughs) You could have picked it in one month. You could have picked it in six months. Like there's no specific timing that needs to happen. So like, You're just not anybody's priority per se. You know, things can just happen very arbitrarily for the most part on other people's time, because especially if you're buying a property that has tenants in it, you can't just walk in the house and be like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here to do this inspection. You have to get their permission like 24 hours ahead. And if they say, well, no, I can't do that day, then guess what? You're not having an inspection that day. That's it. So, you know, just kind of, basically learn to be flexible and patient with the process. It is very frustrating at times that when things don't line up, but eventually you'll get it done. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was this part of the process on to the next. 
Make sure you y'all stay tuned. We're getting really close. We're almost there. So there you go. On to the next one. Swiss Beats. (laughs) Speaking of, you know, Swiss Beats got, (laughs) he got sued by Casio. For what? So when he first started making beats and he was getting really big, he was stealing, or not stealing, but he was sampling the music or the beats from, you know how Casio has beats? Like the piano has beats? He was using that. Which is pretty smart, right? But I guess he didn't know that that was either trademark or copyright. <laughs> so they came knocking like, yeah, we want our money. Because <laughs> I would have done the same thing. I'm like, oh, I mean, these beats are for everyone, right? Like, <laughs> No, they're not for everyone to use and make money off of. <laughs> anyway, that's not what this show is about. But funny, since you mentioned Swiss Beats, I was like, hey, that's something that everybody can learn about. You know? <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.